Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue on season six of the Defiant Business Podcast. And I am thrilled to introduce my next guest, Rachel Druckenmiller, who I met at one of the last events that I actually attended in person at LinkedIn Local Baltimore. And before I read her bio, I just want to say that Rachel is an amazing speaker. So you're in for a real treat. While I was sitting in the audience, I was like, oh my goodness, this woman has like my number right now, like my phone number, my social security number, like my bank account, like she's got all of it. I felt so seen and I'm not sure that I've had quite that experience ever listening to someone speak. So let me, now that I've impressed you with that, let me roll into some of her credentials and acknowledgements here. So Rachel's been recognized as the number one health promotion professional in the U.S. and a 40 under 40 game changer. Rachel is a national thought leader in the field of well-being and employee engagement. Super important. As a speaker and facilitator, Rachel guides leaders and their teams, organizations, and associations to be more resilient, connected, confident, and courageous, which we don't often hear as a word to describe, you know, the business space. Rachel posts tons of inspirational videos on LinkedIn, and they're always amazing. So you should definitely follow her there and download her resilience toolkit at unmutedlife.com. Please help me welcome Rachel Druckenmiller. Rachel, thank you so much for being here with me today. That was a heck of an intro. I'm very, I'm very grateful and humbled. So thank you so much. You are very welcome. So before we get into the business stuff, I wanted to ask you, and you've talked about it a little bit before, but I just, I can't think of another way to just highlight your uniqueness and your outgoing spirit. So why do you sing on LinkedIn of all places? I sing on LinkedIn because it brings me joy. I really I really don't overthink it. I started doing it about a year and a half ago. And I, you know, I loved singing when I was little and I wouldn't do it for the longest time because of insecurity and fear and didn't think I was good enough. And then I went through a professional speaker training about a year and a half ago and took a bold step in incorporating some singing into my speeches. And then I was like, all right, well, I've broken through that ice. I can do this. And so I decided to start bringing it over and incorporating it into the videos I was posting on LinkedIn. I I love that. I love that so much. And yeah, singing was something I would not do for people for a really long time. And I totally thought of you when I jumped out of my comfort zone and posted a singing video on LinkedIn. So that is, I don't know, I guess it's one of those things, like you said, if, if it's something that has been a, a roadblock for you or a barrier or this thing that you will not do, and then you do yes. it, what else can you do, right? Yeah, well, it's funny you're asking this because I, I, ju- I just put a video up today. Uh, tying into the quote, you know, if it excites you and scares you at the same time, you should probably do it. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. I tell people if, if whatever it is that you're asking for, whatever it is you're about to do, if it doesn't scare you at least a little bit, like if you don't get a little bit of flutters, you're not pushing enough. You're not doing enough, you know? So like if, if it's a consultant freelancer or whatever, like if, if you just sent off a proposal and you don't feel nervous about it at all, you didn't stretch mm-hmm. enough. Like if, if you're, you know, an employee and you're thinking, Oh, like when you were asking about your arrays, if it doesn't, if you don't think that maybe you won't get it, if you're not nervous about it, you probably didn't ask for enough. We undervalue right. ourselves, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell us how you became an entrepreneur. Your story is so fascinating and I know we don't have time for all of it, but let's go ahead and kind of give everybody a good synopsis. If you well, I think it starts with a story from a, you know, quite a long time ago. And, and that is that my parents are both entrepreneurs. So I grew up in a home, you know, my dad's a management consultant has been doing that for 40 years. And my mom is a financial planner and she's had her own business for almost 25 years. So my model growing up was that it was actually normal from my perspective, based on where I came from to work for yourself. It was abnormal to be employed by somebody. <laughs> I like and that. so I was just the holdout in my family. Like I took like 13 years to realize, okay, you can do this. This is like in your DNA. And so after years of, you know, kind of doubting myself or not being sure if I could cut it, I decided to leave the company that I'd been working at for, you know, 13 years full time. I'd been there since my internship days starting in 2003. So I was at this place for like 16, 17 years. And there's, there's comfort and familiarity, even if it's not necessarily still working for you. And the idea of leaving that comfort was really, really scary until it wasn't until I, until I started speaking more and realizing how much it was resonating with people or until I went through that professional speaker program and saw all these other people all over the world doing their own thing, the thing that I wanted to do and being successful with it. And it kind of gave me the confidence to have those examples to be like, Oh my gosh, I, I can do this. And so a year ago, September uh, 2019, I, I, I took that leap of faith and I had about four months runway of anything planned. And after that, I had no idea what my work was going to look like. But, you know, I trusted that what I was doing was impactful for people. And I trusted the relationships in the network that I had worked really, really hard to build around me that I knew would support me through that transition. Uh. That's amazing. So what is it that you do at Unmuted Life? So I do a couple different things. Uh, One, I do speaking. So I'm often brought in to some organizations or associations or, you know, like conferences, all hands meetings when people say, look, our people are struggling and we need a boost. We need to shift our mindset. We need to focus on self-care. People are burned out. We need like a lift. And so I'm often brought in to talk about those things, to talk about how to reset the mindset, how to retrain the brain, how to connect more deeply with ourselves and with each other so that we leave not just feeling like rah-rah inspired, but that it's actionable inspiration, that people leave with things they can go do to feel more empowered, to feel more in control of their body and their mind. So I, and I also speak about a lot of times to women leaders or to emerging leaders about how to unmute yourself and how to use your voice to ask for what you need and what you want so that you can have more impact and influence at work. Actionable inspiration. I think that is a note that a lot of people should be taking right now. <laughs> and then speaking of what it is that you do, how have things changed for you since March 
that fateful month that we've experienced? How, like, I mean, I'm sure you had things kind of planned and ready to go January, February, like, I know what I'm doing. And then March comes along and just like the rest of us just pulled out the rug. So how have things changed? Yeah, it's almost like I felt like I got hit by a truck or something in March. We'll come back to that, but <laughs> put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. But, you know, I shifted completely from, from doing, you know, live workshops and leadership trainings and keynotes to having all the live stuff disappear. And I pivoted very quickly to take my work 100% virtual. And what I started to do, I mean, I've done since the middle of March and we're, you know, in the middle of September, I've done almost 80 virtual presentations, workshops, facilitated sessions for leaders, for, you know, a lot of, a lot for a lot of leaders, for a lot of managers who are really trying to figure out how to navigate this time more effectively and how to lead better and to lead more empathetically and compassionately. And so I've, I've completely shifted and, and, and gone virtual. And what I found in the virtual space that's so different is that people don't just want to sit and watch Zoom TV together. Like they want to be part of it. And so what I do is, is I've really upskilled in the area of facilitation and have begun to do more work. I've begun. I've been doing more work in a way that that unmutes the voices of all the people that are in the room, that are in the Zoom room with us, whether it's around ideation, creative problem solving, sharing their stories, you know, sharing moments of meaning or purpose. I'm positioning these things, not that I'm the sage on the stage that knows everything and I'm talking at people, but I have those micro moments of insight that I'm sharing but I'm also leveraging all of the collective wisdom of the people in the room. And people are really energized by, by, by being heard. Well, I mean, just, just from hearing that you're doing Zoom differently, especially since that's the thing, right? Everybody talks and they forget to unmute themselves. The first time I said somebody, hey, you need to unmute yourself. I thought of you. I was like, oh man, that's got to take on a whole new meaning now. Like they're literally talking and nobody can hear them because they won't unmute themselves, yeah. you know? So I just like, wow, that's like, that's, there's something in there. There's a good nugget in there somewhere. I'll probably think on it more when I'm in the shower later. And that's when the inspiration comes, but that's hearing that you're doing zoom differently. I feel like that should immediately perk <laughs> people's ears. Like what zoom different. Okay. Yeah. You know, so that is fantastic. I'll say one thing really quick about that. Just there was a woman who worked for a 60,000 person company that sat in a session I did like a month ago. And she said, honestly, uh -huh. Rachel, she, and this it's funny how this is a compliment these days. She goes, it was the first time my eyes didn't glaze over. I was like, that's a compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like it's like, I feel like at the beginning, right, March, April, probably May, like we were like, yeah, let's zoom it, let's zoom it. And now I'm like, oh, you want to do what? Oh, another webinar? Oh, that's great. <laughs> but that's, I haven't been to a webinar in a while for that very reason. Okay, so I've seen you in a room, uh, I think maybe that night we must have had, it was at least 80 people, it seemed like. It was a very full room and the room was not tiny. And I know I was not the only one just kind of enraptured with the way you were talking, but then just what you were saying. So I know that there's a lot of application in what you say and your experiences for a lot of different types of people and companies, organizations, but who is your ideal client? I really love working with organizations that understand intuitively that it's important to care about their people. They're not checking the box of like, oh, did we do the caring thing today? Did, 
did we quote unquote, did we, you know, it's like the box check. I don't work with box check organizations. I work with organizations and their leaders a lot of time with, with HR leaders. I've also worked with, you know, people that are heads of operation or with, you know, senior executives that are trying to figure out how can we more effectively communicate and connect with each other? How can we be there for and support each other? How can we collectively figure out how to get through this without totally losing our minds? And so I'm finding a lot of times that it's, you know, that it's human resources leaders, you know, people leaders, chief people officers. I'm also often working with, you know, event planners that are trying to bring in somebody who does something different, who's not going to be, you know, something that's right off the shelf, who's not going to be a check the box speaker, who's going to deliver an experience instead of an ego. Because people are over, you know, if you're on a huge stage and you have a bunch of like pyrotechnics behind you and there's like a thousand people in the room, you can get away with sort of like being, being a shtick. But when you have the intimacy of your computer, and if you're a shtick, people are going to see like so quickly through that. And so I find that people that are looking for someone who's going to bring transformation, insight, like I said, actionable insights, and an experience of feeling deeply seen and known and understood. And like, they're not alone. Like for me, if people walk away from these experiences feeling not alone and feeling seen and understood, I mean, they're probably not getting that from many other places in their life. And so that really, that really moves me. So I'd say, you know, event planners that are looking to bring in a different experience and leaders of companies that truly care, that want to support and encourage and uplift and equip their people to navigate uh, difficult, difficult times. Uh, that. <laughs> No, I just, I mean, really, like, I mean, you're talking again, and I'm just, I'm still starting, like, still remembering, like, how that was. I was there with a close friend, and I remember her leaning over and being like, I think she's still <laughs> And I'm like, no, be quiet. <laughs> but I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I can't think of really in terms of how people are still trying to bring in, you know, outside insights into their organizations, and you're definitely one of the best that I've mm-hmm. ever seen. So, I mean, to be fair, I, my eyes glazed over a lot in the army, you know, so I definitely know what not to do. I know what bad (laughs) looks like. Um, Not completely their fault, right? But I know what it looks like. So I also wanted to ask you as my last question for this episode, what is behind your choice for the name unmuted, unmuted life? Because it sounds like there's a story there. Yeah, there's, there's lots of layers to it, but kind of the Reader's Digest version is that I spent a lot of my life muting many aspects of who I was. I muted myself in terms of my appearance. I was wearing uniforms and Catholic school for 12 years. And when I wasn't doing that, I was wearing, you know, khaki pants and 50 shades of pastel shirts. So I didn't ever (laughs) do a whole lot to like really be seen. It was like, I was constantly hiding myself. You know, I had, I loved to write stories and poems and did not share them with many people. I journaled from the time I was, I still have an elementary school journal, legit. I had all of this in me that wanted to come out. I had feelings around what the difficulty my parents were going through in their marriage that I never processed with anyone. I felt, you know, a sense of not feeling included or not really necessarily feeling like I belonged for so many of my school age years, but I didn't talk to anybody about it. And I loved to sing. And I didn't share it. And these roots go back deep. I mean, I have, you know, my, on my dad's side of the family, my grandmother was very muted. She was a very little lady. She was like, you know, five, five feet, you know, maybe like 90 pounds soaking wet. I mean, little. And my grandfather was like six and a half feet tall. And he was a very intimidating, angry man. And she 
dealt with depression and she was silenced and let herself be silenced and mistreated a lot. And I, I look back and I feel like, you know, and I see that on both sides of my family of people just silencing themselves in their relationships, not necessarily speaking up and advocating for themselves, not expressing their feelings. And I see what it's led to. And I believe that I am here at this time to break some of these chains in my family, to be someone that uses my voice and invites other people to use their voice courageously so that they feel alive. Because for me, that's what the unmuted life is. It's a, it's a life it's a life that is where we are, we are fully alive, where we are fully expressed and there's an, an immense amount of freedom in that. And so for me, becoming unmuted, going through that journey of letting myself use my voice to speak. I, it's funny to me that I avoided speaking classes in high school and college and I get paid full time to speak now. And I avoided singing for 20 some years and now I sing to thousands of people on LinkedIn and I feel such freedom in all of that. And I, I feel so alive and I look at who I was and I feel like it's a shell. It was a shell of who I am now. And I'm so grateful that I've come into this place where I'm so deeply connected to the work that I do and to the people that I serve and to the messages that I feel called to communicate. And I want other people to experience what that feels like. Well, there's not really much to add there. And I think that that is a fantastic way to finish our first episode. And so I very much encourage everybody to go to unmutedlife.com and download Rachel's Resilience Toolkit. The other episodes we have planned for you all are going to be very much like this. This is a fantastic introduction to Rachel and her caliber, and I cannot wait to continue the discussion. So Rachel, thank you so much. And the lovely audience, we will see you at the next episode. All right. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.